Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to Financial Coaches Network, the podcast. Emily, what are we talking about this week? See, now you threw me up, the podcast. All right. The podcast. <laughs> this week, we are going to talk about paid and or free or versus, however you want to put that, paid versus free promotion opportunities. So should you pay for ads? Should you go for free stuff? What's the advantage of ads? What's the advantage of free, et cetera? All that okay. kind of stuff wherever the right. conversation ends up taking us as usual. So I'm going to start by disclosing my bias in this. Ah. Okay. My bias is toward paid mm -hmm. and not free. And there's two reasons for that. And we can add these two reasons will probably come up as we go through a bunch of different questions and, and opportunities and different versions of this. But the first reason is from a business standpoint. Generally, when we focus on free, it's not because we're focusing on it from a strategic standpoint. We're focusing on it from a cost-cutting standpoint. Mm -hmm. And we never want to think about our business spending as an expenditure. It is an investment, just like spending on our 401k is an investment. Right. Right. That's the first step. The second reason comes from my history in marketing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had a 20-year career. In marketing. I was a C-level executive in marketing, ran marketing departments for pretty good sized companies. And free stuff was always stuff that you did as an add-on. And it wasn't because we had a large budget. It's because, and this is another theme that will come up a lot as we talk about this, free you don't have control over. Hmm. And so because you don't have control over it, you have your message may not be presented in the way that you want. What you're around, whether what you're around being other companies or what you're around being other brands, you don't have control over does the juxtaposition of where you are versus this other person, does that cause brand problems or messaging problems? You don't have control over the frequency of how often people see it, right? You have to see it frequently enough that people actually pay attention to it, but not mm -hmm. so frequently they get annoyed by it. And so those two combination of things, I have a bias against the free stuff because it's not, it generally is not as effective from a marketing perspective. And it generally comes from a place that's a misinterpretation of business finances, mm. meaning we need to save money. Yeah as opposed to a strategic decision of this is good for my business. So with that disclaimer, with that conflict of interest disclaimer, starting it off, yeah, where do we want to go from there? Let's start with free. Knowing mm -hmm. financial coaches like we do, we like free. 
So yes. you touched on why it's not a great idea. Let's can we touch first or talk first about when we talk about free promotional opportunities, what kinds of things are we talking about? So when when I say let's talk about free promotional opportunities, what do you think of? What comes to mind for you as example? Yeah, I'm more interested in what you think of, but here okay. what I think of is I think of posting on social media. Mm-hmm. Right. I think of creating content. I think of going to events that anyone can go to. So those tend to be the things that I think of when I think of free. The big thing that I thought of that you didn't specifically mention is in Facebook groups when they have, you know, selling Saturday, share your whatever yeah. you sell in the. Yeah. And I did that for, I mean, not super. Like there were no groups where I, you know, religiously posted every, it was like, oh yeah, every week I need to make sure I post. But I did that fairly regularly when I saw things pop up and I have gotten zero anything from anything as far, I mean, A, I can't track it. So I have no idea if people clicked on my website from that or not, but I did not see a visible bump in anything from any yeah. of that. And yeah. Yeah. So Which, again, to your point, you can't control who sees it, how often they see it, all of that. If you're yeah. posting on your own social media page, you have more control over that because it's how often are you posting? But again, oh. it's you don't really have the control over who sees when you post and that right. kind of thing. Yeah, you do have control over seeing the statistics though. Yeah, which is much um, more helpful. In other people's groups. So you can see oh. the statistics in a, another a group that you're just a member of. What do you mean? So instead of sending them to your homepage, create a landing page, ah. a copy of the homepage, and then you would be able to see, and if it's that landing page specifically for that group, you would be able to see how often that page gets hit. True. Right. You'd be able to see the traffic from it. And That'd be a great way to good, test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you have good analytics engines, you would be able to see the process that goes through it, right? How many people go to different things? I can predict, I'll tell you exactly what the statistics are going to show. Basically nothing. Yeah. You're going to get very little traffic. The traffic that you do get is going to have an extremely high bounce rate. Mm-hmm. And this traffic that you get that doesn't have a high bounce rate is going to be single page there. You're not going to see people exploring through your website very often. Um, or the people who do explore through your website or other financial coaches are like, oh, what's this person doing? That, that was last thing. They do. They're not scheduling a meeting. They don't end scheduling the meeting page with them actually scheduling the meeting. Yeah. And, and the reason why is just very simple. If we did a every Monday in our community of almost 6,000 financial coaches in our Facebook community, every Monday we allowed anyone who sold to financial coaches to post, tell us about your business. What would you do on Mondays as a financial coach that's being sold to? So a financial coach, not as one of the administrators of the group who is then going to be police. Correct. Okay. Boot everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, completely ignore it unless there was something specific I was looking for. Yeah. And if there was something specific you were looking for, you probably wouldn't go through and just scroll through all those posts. You might do what you would normally do, which is reach out to other financial coaches that you know and ask them if they happen to have used that type of service. Or look right. through the most recent five to 10 posts. Yeah. But I'm not going to scroll all the way back up to the beginning, et cetera. Yeah. So the people that are posting that are really active on those days, 
are all the people that are selling services, not the people that are buying. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Um, and that's true for everything, right? Uh, a lot of people will post, uh, hey, everyone who owns a small business on my personal, I want to support you. So please post mm -hmm. your small business. The only people interacting on that are people who have small businesses. Yeah. Right. Because everyone else is like, ah, I don't care. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, right. And so, you know, you always have to think about the other side of the equation, right? Um, if you look at the other side of this free opportunity, what would you do in that situation, right? What would your friends do in that situation? What would now the typical person do? And if it's unlikely that you would interact in a way that you're expecting other people to interact, it's probably, unless you have a compelling reason why to think otherwise, uh, it's you, that's probably a good indicator, right? So what about something outside of social media? You know, you mentioned- So let's do posting content, creating content. What'd you say? Let's talk about, let's do creating content. Okay. I was going to go to one. like in-person events, that kind of thing, but. Let's do in-person events last because that's okay. going to be my favorite one. And I want to save my favorite, the one that I think is the best opportunity for last. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would agree. That was yeah. my thought. It was, okay. So this one of these does not quite seem like the others. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So creating content, I assume it means blogs, podcasts, YouTube videos, YouTube videos, any social media also, but we kind of already touched on social media, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those things are not free. Time. Yes. And unless you value your time as worthless. Most people don't. They're not free. If you are going to create stuff on social media, uh, there is an entire system that you have to have in place to take advantage of it, mm -hmm. right? Uh, people do not create things on social media and then just have a bunch of people calling in, scheduling appointments off of that, right? 99.99, you know, there's the 0. .0000, keep going for a while, 1% of people who randomly go viral over something completely unpredictable. But that's such a small percentage that it's not worth so let, creating content you're... because you want to go viral is like buying a lottery ticket because you want to be rich. Like, exactly. Great. Maybe you'll get lucky, but it's not going to happen. But let's say you do get lucky. Let's say you are that 1%. Okay. Okay. 0. 0.000001. Whatever. However many zeros. Yeah. Um, so your post went viral. You had this amazing epiphany about budgeting. Not likely, but sure, let's say that's going to happen. And it goes viral and a million people see Podcast it. listeners, you couldn't see Josh's face, but it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've got millions of people seeing your post about your epiphany about budgeting. How does that translate into clients? Theoretically, point whatever percent of people who see your stuff will book a call. So more people seeing stuff theoretically translates to more people booking calls. But... Yeah, so let's unless go you have that. something specifically set up and planned out to deal with a huge influx of people. So, yeah, well, that's the kicker, which is even yeah. if all of this unlikely stuff happens, you still don't have the systems in place to be able to handle that business opportunity right. anyway. Yeah. Uh, but and you're going to and the, the, one of the problems is, well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, you've seen stuff that went viral, right? Mm -hmm. How many people do you know have bought something? off of the company that the thing that went viral 
I'd say most of the things that I've seen that have gone viral have just been random people. It's not oh. usually company stuff that goes viral. You don't know that. Did you research it? No, because all because I watched was the one viral video. Because <laughs> that's not what you do with viral video. <laughs> right. Right. You go, oh, wow, that was cool. Share, scroll to the next one. Yeah. Right. So yeah. It, it's it's not a likely thing to happen. Not, not only is the viral not likely to happen, but what happens as a result of it going viral is not likely to happen. Right. People say, well, yeah, but look at like comedians that blow up because of it. Yeah, because a comedian, you can do a search for other stuff. Now they've watched 20 or 30 videos. Yeah. And they've watched the specific, right? So it's a very different environment. And the comedian blew up because the thing went viral. Then seven other videos went viral. Then mm -hmm. Netflix picked them up for a special, right? <laughs> right? There's Netflix no isn't going to pick you up. Well, I mean, they picked mm -hmm. up Ramit Sethi. You know, he's got some, but yeah, we're not. Yes. Yeah. So one out of, you know, uh, 400,000 yeah. creators. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Then we get to the idea of, okay, let's say that a percentage of the people actually do. And now you've got hundreds of people scheduling and booking appointments with you. Mm -hmm. What percentage of those people do you think would actually be good clients? I don't mean they're within your niche. I mean, they're actually are people that are likely and willing to pay versus the number of people that are hoping to get free advice from you. Right. Or the number of people are like, oh my gosh, how cool would it be to say, I talked to this person with the video? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now you've got 90% of those calls being people that are not people who are wanting to work with you. Mm -hmm. Right. And guess what? Those are going to be the ones that are for the next two years booking appointments because yeah. everyone else is two years out. Oh right? no. So you get zero clients and you just waste a bunch of time. And this is not an unlikely scenario. Yeah. But you get really good at talking to people. Right. Now, so people go, well, I mean, what about people like Dave Ramsey or uh, Ken Fisher or these other people that have this? Yeah. And they have an entire sales team, an entire and infrastructure. Nobody that talks to Dave Ramsey without talking to 16 people before. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that content is bad. We just have to be realistic about how it's going to work, yeah. right? Um, generally, people build trust over long periods of time through content. Then some other marketing activity brings them in, and that trust is there to make the sale really, really easy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and, and so that it, and you can absolutely be successful, but going viral is not going to be the thing that does it. It's mm -hmm. consistently posting every single week for three years, people building a relationship with you, a, a very shallow relationship, but a relationship. Parasocial. With, yeah. Yeah. Over those three year periods and then deciding to reach out. It's not going to be from a viral. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to be from a viral thing. Yeah. So let's um, talk about so that's a huge amount of effort. That's a huge amount of time. That's a huge amount of work. So let's talk about in-person stuff. Yeah. So you mentioned in-person, you know, free community events, whatever. I'm mm -hmm. thinking of a friend who um, is becoming a financial advisor, working for a company that I'm not going to name because I'm not going to throw that out there. But sure. his yeah. boss told him to go knock on doors. And so he I know said, which company it is. <laughs> I also know what the interview, what one of the interview questions was. So, <laughs> so he's, he's knocked on something. I think he said 1600 doors in the last two months or something like that. So. Yeah. Door not, I mean, free again, time. 
in-person event free again time but what's the upside and downside to that sort of how many clients did you get for those 1600 doors didn't ask but yeah. i'm i'm i should ask i'm curious yeah i'm willing to bet it's a um, a significant number right so maybe mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. by the way Financial coaches would love to have 20 clients, right. you know, two months, right? So this is not, I'm not poo-pooing the strategy, but, but that is a lot, that's 1600 doors for 20 clients, which is a really successful business. Mm -hmm. And right? he did but say his, his Fitbit's been really happy because he's gotten a lot more steps in the last couple yeah. of months, yeah. which is good, but. So, but it's a huge amount of time. And so that's, and that's one of the things that you have to realize is with free, if you're going to be successful with it, you it's only actually free if you value your time at zero. Mm -hmm. If you valued your time at four cents, it's a very expensive thing, mm -hmm. right? If he was, if if your friend was doing four cents an hour, you know how many hour, hours you have to work to get sixteen hundred dollars, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. So the so those are all things that you know they don't really work for free as far as going to events right so knocking on doors that's one thing can't uh, work against time time yeah. investment but a huge time investment uh the next thing is going to events mm -hmm. right and the problem with going to events is if you are not paying for the event meaning you're there in a in an official capacity mm -hmm. you're unlikely to actually start up valuable car conversations. That makes sense. Right. Because if because somebody walks up to you at a free event and is like, hey, I'm a financial coach, you know, why the heck are you talking to me? Yeah. And, and maybe it would come up organically, but maybe not. So there's the there's the only way that it's going to happen is you're talking with someone randomly, it comes up organically, which means you might have 3000 conversations to have it come up organically. Um, now you can say, well, I can make it come up organically. That's not coming up organically. <laughs> we'll realize it. And then they will start spreading the word. They're just here to sell. Stay away from them. Yeah. And we've all had that experience. We can all think back to a conversation where it came up, you know, whether it's a Facebook message from, oh my gosh, our kids are the same age, blah, blah, blah. Oh, hey, by the way, do you need this MLM thing? Whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, generally speaking, even the, the types of events that you want to do, you're looking at, if you want to make it really worth your time, buy a booth there, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, spend 500 bucks, buy a booth and the, um, and have that be you being there in an official capacity so that when you start up conversations with people, it's expected, it's known, and it's comfortable. It's organic because you have a booth. Exactly. Like you can start right off with that because that's what people yeah. are expecting. Yeah. And the the booth also gives you an opportunity to, to start up conversations outside of the booth, mm -hmm. right? If you go over and you're talking with a parent, right, at it's a kid's soccer game, right, and you and your spouse are switching off manning the booth, right? And you happen to be watching the game and you strike up a conversation with the parent next to you. And they go, oh, which one's your kid? Oh, that's my kid over there. And, um, you know, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been able to watch much of the game. You know, we've been, I, we, my spouse and I have been switching off manning the booth. 
that's a totally normal parent thing to say, mm-hmm. but that organically invites, oh, what's your booth? Oh, it's the financial coaching booth over there. You know, it, this is what I do. And it doesn't feel like a sales pitch. It feels like a natural conversation. And, and then, then that's, course, that's where the one sentence, one paragraph longer thing that we teach and launch comes in of, you know, oh, I'm a financial coach. I work with engaged couples, blah, blah, blah. And then if yeah. they express interest, that opens the door to yeah. having more of a conversation. And if they don't, then you Go have back a to conversation watching the game. about normal parent things yeah. and <laughs> move on. Yeah. And then they remember you in the future, maybe at the next soccer game. And then yeah. they go, oh my gosh, my sister just got engaged or whatever. And, yeah. and, and they're more likely to be comfortable having the conversation about your business if you have a booth there mm-hmm. than if you're just a random person. Yeah. Right. The, a booth or an official capacity makes it or i sponsored it right oh my yeah. logo is the one on uh, the the yeah. purple logo on the on the brochure right yeah yeah anything where your your business is in some way officially there mm-hmm. even in a small way um is beneficial that makes it legitimizes it yeah yeah, yeah. okay so we talked a little bit about you know having a booth at an event sponsoring something what other sorts of paid um marketing, advertising, et cetera, is effective, would make sense for a financial coach specifically. Like, let, let's talk about social media ads and or Google ads and how much of the Venn diagram overlaps in that they are both paid ads. But how, how do you think about them the same? How do you think about them differently? Yeah. So generally speaking, the way I look at posting social media posts is they are something that I do in order to start the advertising process. Okay. Uh, social media, it, it is insane how much content is posted to social media every minute, right? Uh, people complain about, oh, the algorithm doesn't show me everything. If you actually turned it off and turned on, just show me everything in sequential order, you, you would be able to see insane. anything. Yeah, you would. Yeah, literally, as you scrolled, new stuff would come up and you would never scroll to anything beyond the last two minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless you only have unless you have one person on your social media right, and and your friends. Um, So when we look at the idea of you posting something on social media, Mm -hmm. the chances of anyone in your group seeing it. And then the chances of that person in the group getting on to so, uh, being shown it by the algorithm and being mm-hmm. on social media often enough to see it before something else takes its place by the algorithm, right? That's a very low chance. And so I'm not what saying about boosting posts or doing specific paid ads. So now we're switched it from we're doing it for free to mm-hmm. exactly. paid ads. Yeah. And of boosting the post, that that's the reason why I would post a business post. It's not mm-hmm. to get the free stuff. It's it gives me something to pay to do a paid ad toward. And the different the the fundamental difference is number one, you know people are going to see it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, posts, even really really popular posts in our Facebook group, um, you know, six thousand almost six thousand members. Extremely popular post. I think the highest I've ever seen was 1,400 people saw it out of 6,000. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was going to say, if, if a post hits over 1,000 views in it's the group, insane. I'm like, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. People were super into that one or whatever. Yeah. Normally, it's 
130, mm-hmm. right? And the posts that we delete that are promotions when people slip through our screening, right? Um, when we delete them, sometimes they're up for a day or two and seven people saw them. Yeah. Now we're still going to delete them. We don't want to have that as part of the group. So on and so, so the, forth. To the but, seven of you who saw it, sorry, we didn't sorry, get yeah. you in time. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the, the reality is you're not going to get very far just posting on social media. Uh, the same thing with YouTube. I don't remember the statistic, but uh, it is an ungodly amount of content, a number of hours of content that is uploaded to YouTube every single second, right? Um, and when we look at that idea, you know, yeah, there are there are really big organizations with large channels and so on and so forth, and they tend to have really large infrastructures to support that. Mm-hmm. Including marketing dollars. Uh, including marketing dollars, yeah. When we look at boosting a post, when we look at uploading a, a, a video to YouTube and paying advertising to show it to people, number one, we know it's going to get shown. Mm-hmm. We can also control who it gets shown to. Mm-hmm. So we can identify people that are in, my, are in our niche. We can identify people who, based on other behavioristics, have are likely to be people that want to look for what we're looking for, mm-hmm. right? What we have to offer. Um, and so, for example, um, I will I will advertise to people who are actively looking for a CPA, and it has nothing to do with I offer CPA services because I don't. Mm-hmm. But people who are actively looking for a CPA are in a mindset of changing their financial helpers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so somebody to help them with that. And they're willing to pay somebody to help them. So there's a lot of that shows a lot of psychological characteristics that would be mm-hmm. make it more likely that those people would be good people to advertise to. Mm-hmm. Can't do that with the algorithm. Can't do yeah. that with yeah. Um, and so generally I will do the free stuff because it is the first step in doing the paid stuff. <laughs> that makes sense. And then I would assume sort of the same thing with Google ads of yeah. that can that guarantees it that it shows up earlier on the list that the people you want to see it are the people seeing it, that kind of thing. Yeah. So when we look at paid versus organic SEO, mm-hmm. right? The as we look at those two, I, I do an hour and a half on paid SEO and an hour and a half on organic SEO. So mm-hmm. in grow, there'll be three hours of, of SEO in general, right? And when I do this lecture in the digital marketing classes that I teach, when I have the slide where we're going over the pros and cons, people think that I have a typo on the slide. <laughs> oh. Because the on the benefits side for organic SEO, right? It says it is very high cost. <clears throat> and on the benefit side of paid SEO, it says it's very low cost. Okay. I okay. see why they think it's a typo. Everyone's like, wait, th- yeah, th- you did that wrong there. I say, okay, well, let's go through the strategies, right? Let's go through all the stuff that you have to do to actually be effective in organic SEO, right? Mm. 
And then we, I go back to that slide at the end of, of going through that three hours, right? This is what organic is. This is the strategies for paid. This is how you do them effectively, so on and so forth. And I go back to that slide and I say, okay, why is organic more costly and why is paid really cheap, right? And everyone, they know it just intuitively after going through that process. Is it because of all of the hoops and then the time you have to put into learning all the SEO stuff and the it, time well, it takes to execute not just free time. stuff? Or? It's not just time. There's okay. actual hard costs that you have to okay. pay in order to effectively do SEO. Um, and that's not, that's not hiring a heart. That's not hiring a person. For example, if you are, I'll give you a, a really simple example, then I'll give Perfect. you a complex one, mm -hmm. right? Really simple example is, um, you know, you have to, if you're going to do really good organic SEO, you have to have a lot of, um, a lot of data about uh, what particular topic that someone is searching for. So there is an enormous amount of effort that you have to do to figure out what they're searching for and then to create that information. And then you have to create it in a way and present it in a way that's very, very compelling. Right. And that is, you are not going to be able to do that on your own. I'm not saying mm -hmm. you can't do an okay job. But if you want to really, really be knocking it out of the park with organic SEO, you're going to hire a lot of different people for their specific areas of expertise. Designing something on Canva is not going to cut it. I'm not saying that Canva is bad. I'm not right. saying it's a not a good place to start as a business. But if you're going to really nail organic SEO, you're going to have to hire professional people to put things together. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, and then on the other side of the equation, um, if you've got, for example, a free hosting service, that is going to kill your SEO. And there are all sorts of reasons because part of what SEO is based on is technical specifications of your website, mm -hmm. right? Not how it quality, looks, yeah. The, the, the server technical specifications of your website. Does this look like things that other things that are really good, or does this look like other things that are crap? And, and does the are the technical specifications of the servers likely to create a positive experience hmm. for the person going to your website, or are they likely to detract from that experience? Right. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other things. So there are hard costs that are associated with with doing really good organic SEO. Um, Whereas with paid SEO, do you basically just pay and then it doesn't matter so much? I, I boost a post and I say, I want to pay $5 a day. And I know that yeah. I'm going to pay $5 a day and people are oh, saying, yeah, 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 right. I, or you could pay $5 times a whole bunch. Or you pay $5,000 a day, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I was so, going to say, so the option is, you know, $5 to, per day for your ad to show up earlier in the Google results or $5 times 10,000 to get people to make it show up organically in the yeah. Google results kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 yeah that makes sense. Yeah. And so the um, paid is just much, it, it's people tend to not realize the cost of free. Yeah. I just thought of one more question. We need to wrap yeah. it up because we're hitting time, but what about paid things like billboards? 
or signs on the side of a bus or benches at a bus stop or that or a you know quarter page something in a something brochure my my let me tell say my hypothesis to me for paying it. for like a billboard is you can't control who sees it it's just whoever's driving by so maybe better than just hoping that your post on social media your free post on social media gets seen because there's so much more and you know there are going to be people seeing it so a step above that but you don't have the targeting of you know buying a quarter page in a brochure targeted towards your niche or boosting the post and saying this is who i want to see it that kind of a thing yes or no or kind of so yeah three hours on advertising right i've three hours on, on not on advertising on uh outdoor advertising right uh -huh. Bills are part of outdoor advertising and not so if you're just going to randomly choose a billboard yeah but no you can actually do some interesting targeting with billboards hmm. uh, a really hmm. obvious example of this targeting that you can't do on anywhere else other than potentially in the future on mobile mm -hmm. is uh you can do targeting where your ad says are you hungry take the next exit and turn right and yeah. that makes sense that's really hard to do on the radio with a billboard you absolutely can do it right Emily just put in the comments for her a billboard right outside a military base sounds crazy because her niche is working with military yeah. families so that makes sense so yeah. depending so, so depending on the niche mm -hmm. If I had a new geographical, yeah, yeah. If I had a new um, uh, health supplement that I mm -hmm. wanted to push, I would put that health supplement on a billboard that you saw when you walked out of a gym. Mm -hmm. Because when you walk out, of those are people that are care about their health. They're willing to spend money on it, mm -hmm. and they spend time on it. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, you if you can do targeting, but you have to be a, uh, with any type of targeting, you have to be very scientific about it and really figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, so, no, outdoor could actually work well, but it but as with everything, it can't be. Oh, billboards are working for this person, so I'm going to just start putting up some billboards. Yeah, there was so, a lot that went into why billboards were working for that person. I will say there is a realtor in Minnesota. Everybody in Minnesota, or at least the southern half of Minnesota, knows exactly who this person is um, because his strategy is quantity. Like there mm -hmm. are literally stretches of Interstate 90 where there are probably five billboards for this guy within two miles. Yeah. You drive up from Rochester up to Minneapolis, you're going to see, I mean, it's just everyone. It's all the exact same billboard. And so everybody knows who this guy is. Everybody talks about him. I honestly don't know how much business he has, but if he has, if he makes enough money to pay for all of the billboards all over the state, or at least this part of the state, that's I one strategy. You, but I don't think that's great for most people. Yeah, I guarantee you, it is a very, very effective business for yeah. him because when someone says, "Oh, I, uh, I need to sell my house." Mm -hmm first person you're going to think of is that. oh yeah that guy the yeah. billboard guy yeah and it's going to start as oh you should go to that guy because he's everywhere and then people are going to go well maybe I should at least talk yeah. to him <laughs> right 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 and if yeah. enough you know if one percent of the people who do that work with them yeah it's, yeah so that's a how much does a 
a billboard cost, I would imagine there's a very wide range. But yeah, extremely wide range. Two hundred dollars? Are we talking twenty thousand dollars? That's a good. That's a good, that's a good estimate range. of the range. Yeah, yeah. Um, billboards can be much higher than twenty thousand dollars. You know, the the having a a permanent billboard in Times Square is extremely oh, yeah. expensive. I'm sure that's like a hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah, ten maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, on the other hand, you can get billboards that are that are in the digital ones where it changes, mm-hmm. right? And you can oh, get that in sense. that rotation for a certain amount of time. Um, and that can be relatively cheap depending on how long it's in the rotation, how many other ads are up there, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, bus stops, uh, you know, advertising that might be 600 bucks a month, $700 a month, maybe more if it's a really high traffic area. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's not an insignificant investment, but it's mm-hmm. not a lot of people think things are more expensive than they are. Yeah. That's kind of why I asked. Yeah. So I was like, I've never looked into how much it costs to get a billboard and yeah. Okay, cool. Anything else to add? I Hopefully we got a good, uh, do, did we have any questions from the Facebook group that came in? No. Okay, perfect. No questions that haven't been discussed. So see you all next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. So you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, it also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.